to ask a guy that gets the discount at you know Cracker Barrel to take up the mantle of Captain America over you? Like, Jesus Christ! Also, he's, he's geriatric for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Captain America's got a special hook on his walker for the shield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, everybody? Tony here from Kapowcast, and we are back here for Episodes 5, Recap of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, and if you haven't yet, make sure you follow, subscribe, down, hit that download button if you're listening on podcast catchers and all that jazz. Um, make sure you're following us on social media so you can keep up with the ending of our March Madness, which is happening over on our website right now, uh, net. And make sure you head over and get your Team Bucky, Team Sam t-shirts over on the Nerd Rage, Nerd Rage Engage um, Teespring before they leave at the end of the series. Time's of running out. And joining me, as always, is Christy. Christy? <laughs> when we make promises here... Hi, everybody! <laughs> When we make promises here at Kapowcast, we goddamn keep them. That's right. <laughs> We're men of our words. That took that took her 45 minutes to fully set up before we started. You're welcome. Oh, You're welcome. But yeah, so Falcon of the Winter Soldier, episode five, entitled Truth. That's it. Just truth or truth, depending on where you're from. Um initial thoughts wowzers wowzer 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 starting out hot with that with that battle scene and then cooling off a little bit to do what marvel does best that i love in marvel comics and that's that's to take our heroes and show the human side which for me is why what marvel like they they beat out everybody at is because they humanize their heroes, which so many think is like blasphemy, uh, to have them presented as flaws and all this all this other stuff. When really, like that's that's what creates a good character. You know, you can go out and save the world all day, but and in the end, the fact that you're you're flawed and that you deep down are just a human being that deals with everyday crap that everybody does is what makes Marvel's characters relatable. Um, what was your initial thoughts here on this episode? I, you know, it was the longest episode of the series so far. It's 61 minutes, right? 61 minutes is what we clocked in at. But I feel like we went back again to like just pure action. Yeah. There wasn't a whole lot of story. I feel like we have less to talk about this week than we did last week. So I, I don't know. I loved it. It was good. There was a lot of comedy that they brought back into it while, you know, balancing out with some very, very heavy commentary on, you know, the social climate, mm-hmm. political stuff. And then also, of course, you know, addressing the end of last week's episode and the heaviness that was that. So, yeah, they did a great I, job. I liked it. I'm glad they actually didn't braze over what happened 
uh, at the ending of last week's episode because a lot of times like that kind of, that kind of stuff kind of gets brazed over because of the whole you know hero villain aspect. Um, but obviously, the with Walker, it's not just like a, a villain ordeal. Like this guy was set up to take up the mantle of something that meant uh, the most to the U.S. country, um, and then he <laughs> he goes and does what he did. Um, and collapse some guy's sternum with a vibranium shield and then tries to do it again. <laughs> yeah, you know, he, he said it worked so well the first time. Well, He's let's like, keep this, it going. this is obviously Mortal Kombat and this is going to be my finisher. Exactly. I was going to say, it's his signature move. Uh, so expect that every oh, time. Yeah. All right. So let's roll out with these top five moments here. Uh, opening the show, our show and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, is uh, bringing Walker to justice, which is the opening fight sequence, which we we open we open the show with Walker on the run, and once again you you present yourself with the question: if if you're innocent, why are you running? Um, and Bucky and Sam are uh, on hot on his tail to take him in, pretty much. Like I don't even know if they're planning to take him in, but just to kind of bring him to justice because like. I mean, I don't know. There, I feel like there was a lot of mixed emotions there because you you have Bucky and Sam who hold the shield and Steve and what Steve presented very high on a mantle. And here's Walker and basically just like unzips his fly and pisses all over the whole the whole thing with what, what he does. Uh, but this this fight scene, dude, wow. This was this was like it had aspects of every single Marvel film. And what almost kind of what happened to Bucky and Sam in uh, Civil War? They learned a couple things from Spidey. I seen yeah. <laughs> in the fight, <laughs> um, like Sam, Sam takes goes to charge for uh, Walker and shoots like a, a grappling hook for the shield and totally pulls that move that Spidey pulled on him. And I was like, oh, Anthony Mackie, you better thank Tom Holland instead of making fun of him at the next press show. That's um, right. Yeah, our boy Spider-Man uh, taught him a few things about physics. Very uh, yeah. fun. It was, it was very, very, very fun to see. Um, the opening of this fight, it's weird because it's almost like Walker's completely off his rocker. But also still has like a foothold in what he should be doing. And I don't even know really who engaged first. Because the way it was shot, it looks like Bucky engages first. But when they do the wider shot, it looks like they engage at the exact same time. Because what was it? Walker says something right before they, they hit the pavement. Um, Like, you know, you don't want to do this. And Bucky yeah. returns with... Yeah, we do. And I was like, he does. I don't know about Sam. Like, I, <laughs> I think Sam got a hard hit right there at the beginning that <laughs> if I was Sam, I'd be like, ah, I don't know if I want to do this, man. Like, yeah. this sucks. So I'm going to sit a- this one out, boss. You uh, <laughs> you take it. All right. But right, what was your what was your favorite? What was your favorite moment in that fight? Because I have like 20 of them. Ooh, I think after Bucky gets taken down and then Sam is like on the ground. It looks like it's over. And then all of a sudden Bucky comes back and they just tag team the hell out of Walker. That last move that the last point where it's uh-huh. like, 
oh, you thought this was done. But then Bucky comes back with like the full on winter soldier face. And he's like, I am done with your BS. <laughs> you almost hurt my arm. I'm not here for it. You're done. Yeah, that that was that was a phenomenal. It was like that uh, cherry on top when uh, the 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 team that hasn't worked well through the whole thing finally pull off this one maneuver that's like a tag team um a tag team move and finally you see it start to kind of piece itself together where they they can work side by side and actually make it look good exactly um, it's like uh they took so long refusing to acknowledge that they were a team yeah that now that they're working so well as a team, it kind of clicks for both of them. And they're like, wait, dang it. <laughs> or a team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. That's uh, that was, that was probably the, the top, that was top tier moment in that fight for me. But like, just, just seeing Bucky go head to head with Walker was enough to make me just like, kind of do one of the, <laughs> <laughs> And when Walker throws him into the electrical box, I thought his arm was fried for sure. I was worried about him. Um, Uh, Just like the electricity and then the just twitching. I was like, it's gone. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, oh, they didn't ground the Wakanda technology. (laughs) But then I was like, good thing it's detachable. Let's get this guy like Mr. Potato Head. (laughs) Bring in in the replacements. Let's go. Um, but we see we see the end of the fight, which is ended rather brutal. Uh, they they get the shield back, but they end up having to break Walker's arm or fracture it. I don't know whatever they did. It wasn't nice. <laughs> I'll say that much. It was very forceful. But to get that shield back, that was the only way it was happening. Walker was not going to let it go. Um, so we see him. We see that happen, and Bucky. Bucky's the one that has the shield at the end and he ends up dropping it to Sam, which is kind of like the, for me was like the tip of the hat. Like, no, like this is yours. Like this is like Bucky pulling the dad scenario and going man up, take the shield. It's meant for you. Stop this. That whole thing. It, uh, I was like, I reference this kind of point and as my list of top fives is it's titled, you should have kept the shield, Sam. Yeah. Cause Bucky has said it like five times throughout the series so far. And he finally like, drops that shield. Like I told you so, why uh-huh. don't you start listening to me? Quit being an idiot. <laughs> and Sam's like, I don't know. Sam does something really weird. Uh, I, I, I was, I tried to kind of sit there and read into it a little bit, but he picks the shield up and he's like trying to wipe the blood away that's on the shield. And I don't know if he's having like this, like, like critical moment of like dirty <laughs> must make clean, you know, I, or what, what's going on in his head there. I, I could not put myself in the shoes. I couldn't figure it out. Um, so I'm really curious as to that whole ordeal where he's like sitting there and it's, it's a good minute long shot where he's wiping off, trying to get the blood off the, the shield. Yeah, I think it goes back to, I mean, both Bucky has said this a little bit more and expressed the thought a little bit more than Sam has. But the fact that the shield is kind of the only thing that they have left of Steve. Yeah. uh, And it's their like common denominator for the two of them. um, I think that that is part of it. And it's maybe his apology to Steve and his apology to the shield itself of like, you know, if it wasn't for me, this wouldn't have happened. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of realizing the gravity of what giving that shield up really does mean. Uh, and I think that that is why it's such like kind of a long, almost awkward scene where we're just watching Sam wipe this blood around on the shield. He's not even like wiping it off. It's just yeah. like rubbing it in at this point. Um, so yeah, so I think that it, it's a little bit of that and just a little bit of us getting to see that internal struggle of, you know, I, mean, I do. Okay. I do regret giving this up and I see now that it's it's a little bit more than just me holding the shield um you know there's a responsibility to being the person who has been named in charge of this thing so yep it's interesting. Uh, so you're saying that it's kind of like when you go to someone's gravesite you clean off the headstone yeah it's that that care and detail that net isn't necessarily super noticeable or anything that is gonna like get you like applauded or get you an award Right. It's that very personal touch, that very intimate moment where it's like, even though you're not here for whatever reason and whatever people believe in, I want to make sure that it's known, whether it's to that person, to other people, that I actually care about you and I care about this. Um, We move on to find out that the GRC are now also raiding places with no knock warrants, trying to find Carly and the uh, the, her main gang of flag smashers, but just finding a bunch of refugees and then arresting them like the U.S. government seems to always do. Um, never trust the government, kids. N- never trust them. You don't You don't know who's Hydra and who's not Hydra. <laughs> um, so we, we find out that Carly has gone deep underground after the, the last episode, uh, which I don't actually know how deep underground she actually is maybe just deep enough to where she can't be spotted because she shows up in later in this episode. She doesn't seem like she's hiding very well. To no. be honest. And my, my uh, theory on this is the underground to the government is a different <laughs> underground to people like Sam and Bucky. Yeah. Yeah. Who already found out about the flag smashers, even though they have an app and this whole official thing that the government could probably easily infiltrate, but they don't because they're the government. Yeah, un- just under here to help. Underground to the government government means you're hanging out at McDonald's using their Wi-Fi. That's what carrying underground. your cell phone with GPS <laughs> and all the tracking devices on it. Location exactly. set to on for everything. Yeah, we can't find them anywhere. <laughs> They're sitting there, you know, eating a number nine with a hopefully a, a, a shake as long as the machine's not broken. Um, but we find out, yeah, that's that's what happened to our. Uh, our, our young terrorist and training group. I don't, I don't even know what they are currently. They're making some weird turns here. Uh, and we move on to see that Walker Walker's on trial and he gets, he, dude, he gets reprimanded. Like it, they're not, they are not nice about it. They throw the book at him, honorably discharged all that, all that jazz. And I was just like, you did kill a guy on foreign soil, he got the he got the easy out there. He he didn't he just honorably discharged and he's not even in jail. White no, man not walks even a again. Tribunal. <laughs> uh, White man walks again. <laughs> every time. <laughs> yeah, they even uh, but they did they did take his pension away. So it's like administrative leave, but a step up from that. Pension and benefits. Yeah. He doesn't get any benefits either. Whether he needs them now or not. Um, 
Uh, so he he blows his top at the U.S. government. I'm not sure who these people are, if they're the Senate or, you know, I don't know if they've ever discussed governors. The one guy that was, like, yelling at him the most, though, was the dude that was that handed the shield off to him that took it from Falcon in the I episode think he's one. officially a senator, so maybe somebody who is on the defense board. Um, maybe, yeah. There's, like, governmental boards within Congress and the... Yeah. So I'm yes. sure it's somebody with that. I'm not smart enough for all that all that jazz. Um, but so Walker pretty much turns his back, his, gives the whole board a metaphorical middle finger and walks out. And then we see him outside here. And this is actually a for comic book wise and all that other stuff. Like it's kind of a small little tidbit, little hint there. And you said you looked it up after you seen this. But Walker's out licking his wounds with his wife and um Lady and some big old heels come a walking up, uh, who who introduces herself as uh, Valentina, which Valentina and then uh, the last the last name uh, it's 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 foreign, so I, I I'm gonna mess it up really bad. I always mess up uh, De Fortina for for comic book oriented purposes. If you've read. I would say any Captain America, she's popped up one way or another um, in the past, and she's kind of a big deal, but currently as it stands, we don't really know what role she is playing. Um, she has both been a, a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent and better well-known as Madam Hydra. So this could go either way. I don't know which way they're planning it, but uh, there's some shady shit going on. With X Shield people that I'm not liking. They're not giving me warm and fuzzies again. No. And that's so as soon as I heard Contessa, I said, yeah. you know, the whole titles thing makes me think of Hydra. <laughs> and then I immediately was like, this has to be somebody. Also, cluing me in as a non comic book reader, just a general pop culture person who pays attention. As soon as I saw Julia Louis Dreyfus walk in, I said, Marvel's right. not going to shell out the money to pay for her name to be a one-off cameo. <laughs> she, she's yeah. going to be something. She's so, a big deal. I looked it up. We'll see which way they take it. But uh, I did also see there's a little bit of a history with uh, Carter. So yes. we'll see if Sharon and her little side deals that we keep seeing sneaky peeks of. Uh, we'll see if that comes into play. I forget how I forget how deep it goes with her and Sharon. Um, the most I remember is... Uh, Madam Hydra would always, well, when she wasn't Madam Hydra, she was part of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, would always flirt with Captain America, and she's done it twice now. Once when her, I think w twice, once when her and Nick are together, Nick Fury, they end up like getting together, and she flirts with Cap to make Nick jealous. Uh, that doesn't end well. And then there's the whole ordeal of um, she flirted with Cap again, to mess with Sharon when Cap and Sharon were seeing each other, she's one of the one of them girls that comes up and doesn't matter if your if your girl's there or not. She'll she'll take her seat, do that little brush to the arm, because she knows exactly what she's doing. She's just there to piss you off. Exactly. She knows. Uh, she knows how to get her way, and uh -huh. she does whatever she needs to do. You yep. Know? Yep. So she, she's she. Goes and meets up with Walker, gives her a business card, which is blank, which I don't think it's actually blank. 
all this like stuff is going to come back. Yeah. That, let's get yeah, <laughs> national treasure. You know, the yep. lemon juice and the heat. That's what that's what it is. It's got to be. All this is going to come back um, in the next episode, either at the very end or just something. It's just going to have a little boop, little thing where all this stuff that happened that like I would I would say probably a good vast majority of viewers probably just brushed off where they were just kind of like, OK, whatever that was. Because we all hate John Walker. I don't really care about his storyline. No, you should be paying attention now. This is the pivotal point of John Walker and his storyline. Yeah, I was gonna say, this is a villain origin story now. All right, <laughs> yeah, people. You got to pay attention. <laughs> yep. John, I'm, I'm hoping, hoping and praying John Walker stays around uh, a little bit longer than this series because his, his character, it gets fun with his character. Also, um, this man deleted his Twitter for this show. He deserves some additional roles. <laughs> <laughs> so we get this little tidbit. Basically, you know, gives a, she gives Walker a, a, a that a boy, and says, "You know, you did good. You sh- you you did what you should have done. You know, these guys are just clowns." Uh, and walks out like that's that's all we get of her for the rest of the episode. But I'm telling you. That name means something, and it's not just going to be a small thing. And like you said, they threw a bankroll out to get uh, What's-Her-Face, so this is not something small. Um, moving on, but our, our buddy Bucky, Mr. Winter Soldier, he, he ends up hunting down Zemo, which doesn't take long. Zemo, uh, I believe, uh, I, I didn't notice it on the screen, but I think he's, he, that is... Uh, Sokovia. Sokovia and the yes. memorial that he was talking yes. about. So Bucky found him so quickly because in the last episode when they're walking up to the refuge place, uh, he mentions to the two of them, hey, heard about what happened in Sokovia. Have you guys been to the memorial by any chance? Yep. And they're both like, no. Nah. So <laughs> I think I think Bucky's he knew. A, he was like, all right. Pff, yeah, Bucky's fine. a smart one for sure. Um I think they were in Sokovia. I feel they are, like, yeah. I feel like they were in Sokovia. They never yeah, once a said. Little, it does, yeah. So there's a little um, title line that pops up real quick as it's like zooming up or pans up the uh, memorial. And you see oh, like no, the no. faces that people. I'm not talking about the memorial. I mean at Zemo's hideaway where we thought oh. it was Turkey. I think it was actually. Um, Sokovia? Sokovia. Because it, it never says where they're at. Maybe. When they're at, at Zemo's little little pimp pimps pimp a hotel ordeal that he's got going on is that Bellagio there. suite in the middle of Europe <laughs> um so yeah the Bucky and Zemo have they have some words uh which man this is this is one of those things when when this whole thing went down and at the end of the scene and he's getting he, he ends up getting taken away by the uh Dora Milaje is that yeah. what they're, they're called yeah okay the Dora Milaje, I sit there and I'm just like, I don't know how to feel about Zemo. Like, I really like him. Like, he seems like a stand-up cat, but I know he's a villain. Like, <laughs> I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, there's something, there's something more. He's planning something more. Like, I can't, I, there's no way this is the last time we see him. I can't. No, I, and... I don't know if he's going to come up in the Wakanda series or if we're going to see some, but the fact that they named exactly where he was going to go, what is it? The raft. Yeah. The raft, which is it. a, yeah. it's sure the same there's... prison. It's the same prison that like uh Falcon and all them are held at in civil war. That's the okay, raft. That's 
probably why it sounds familiar. But the fact that it's like named in there, he, she's like, you're going to know where he's at. I feel like he's going to come back. I don't know. It's Zemo. He never is fully gone unless he's like killed. But I even know. then, it's like they killed his twin that we suddenly find out he has and he's alive still. <laughs> so we, we see Zemo, Bucky, and there's a moment. I can't remember exactly what's said, but basically Bucky tells him, no, we're going to, we're going to handle this our way. And you hear the cocking of a gun and Bucky raises this gun to Zemo. And I was like, Oh, I like out of all the people I, I, I wouldn't see you wanting to kill him. Like I would expect like somebody from Wakanda or something of that matter. And he pulls the trigger and of course click no bullets. And he drops the, the bullets in his other hand. And Zemo says something, and I'm going to go back and look at, at that list. Zemo says, I took the liberty of crossing my name off of your list. You know, no hard feelings about, you know, what you had to do, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't, you get a good look at that list in episode two or three. Yeah. I did not see Zemo's name on that at all. But on the other hand, I wasn't like looking down all the, all the lists, like, that's one of those moments where you have to go back, pause it, get real close to the TV screen, be like, uh, Easter eggs. Um, so apparently Zemo's on was on Bucky's to do list. I don't really understand why he was on the list. Because it's so, not like Bucky did wrong to him. Zemo did wrong to Bucky. Yeah, but it makes sense because later on in the episode, there's like a, we're going to talk about it a little bit, but there's a moment where Sam goes like, my dude, you were not making amends with these people on your list. You were avenging the things that you did as the winter soldier. And so I think because Zemo created the winter soldier, he's on the list because it's actually a list to avenge people by. So he's avenging the people that he hurt by getting rid of Zemo or whatever, giving Zemo over to the Dormelage, whatever okay. his plan was. That's why I was like, maybe? Or is Zemo's egotistical self being like, I wasn't on the list. Notice I wasn't there. I put my name down because like, <laughs> you put me in jail, even though it wasn't Bucky. <laughs> it's Zemo. So who knows? So Zemo, he's, he's t- getting taken off by Wakanda's finest and... Uh, Ayeo, I think that's how you pronounce her name. Uh, basically says, "Hey, White Wolf, it'd probably be a, you know a good idea to stay your ass out of Wakanda for a while. You know, you, you kind of did wrong by us." And he's like, "Fair, okay." Which I was kind of like, "I get it, but I don't get it." I get it, I, but I don't get it. <laughs> also, I just want to know how often he goes back to Wakanda. I don't think he goes back to Wakanda. Like he, 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 he's been a pretty busy guy. He was yeah, gone like for does, five years. Does he vacation back. there? Does he just hang out? Like, why was she like, "Don't come back. We don't want to see you anytime soon." Like, what? I mean, wouldn't you vacation in Wakanda? I know I, I would. Live there. Screw that. <laughs> I'd apply for citizenship. Um, but so he says, you know, fair enough. Uh, but I need one more favor from you guys because of course you guys have really sweet tech, um, which reminded me like we see Walker in that first fight, just rip off Falcon's wings, which made me incredibly sad. And I was like, great, 
great. Any hope for Red Wing 2.0 has just gone out the window. Like, we're not going to get a Red Wing 2.0. Although. Maybe, maybe Wakanda slipped a little something, oh, something in there. That, maybe that they like, like a Red the Red Wing, Wing 2. <laughs> that, would be a, that would be like a Red Wing 7.5. Like, that would exactly. be such I'll an take upgrade. It. <laughs> I'll take it. Bring Red um, Wing back. So, yeah. Hashtag bring back Red, Red Wing. <laughs> Red Wing 2022. <laughs> so yeah Bucky ends up asking them for the favor and we cut to see uh, our number three moment which we see Sam coming back to a very familiar place that was there in the earlier season once again I don't know why Sam is like really impending on like going to see this guy that wants nothing to do with anything of this legacy the US government or any of that but he goes back to talk to uh <laughs> All right, I'm going to pause here. So for our viewers out there, our listeners, uh, for you podcast listeners, I'm going to suggest a fun little game to play. If you imbibe in the adult beverages, go ahead and over the rest of this episode, go ahead and just anytime Tony messes up this character's name, go ahead, take a little drinky drink. Take a little drink. It's going to be real fun for you. Be be careful. But Sam goes back to talk to uh, Isaiah and... <laughs> and he goes back to talk to Isaiah. Uh, I, I guess what I don't even know to get the heritage of where he came from. Like, the, well, you obviously know. this this guy does not want to talk about this, and you're bringing up this really shitty time in his life. So why do you insist on picking the scab? I want to know if Sam walked in with the shield in hand. I know it wasn't to just show up and be like, eh, look at what I got. <laughs> I, it's like, there was, yeah, like there was a purpose behind it. Was Sam going there to be like, you should be the next cap? I feel like or that was it. Was Sam going there to legitimately get his advice and say, as a black man who, you know, was in the position that you, you could have taken up this mantle had you been done right by, should I take it up? Like, I have the opportunity. What is your, what's your side of this? Um, that is what I'm not totally sure of, but it's interesting. I kind of got the feeling he went there with the shield to basically say, you should take this mantle up, which the guy looks like he's in, he's a senior citizen. Yeah. (laughs) Like he could still be everybody's ass. Yeah. He could probably kick the shit out of almost like 90% of the villains, but to ask a guy that gets the discount at you know, Cracker Barrel to take up the mantle of Captain America over you. Like, Jesus Christ. Also, he's, he's geriatric for Christ's sake. <laughs> Captain America has got a special hook on his walker for the shield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, But he, he shuts him down really quick. He's like, nah, I don't want none of that stars and stripes bullshit. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> and, All patriotism out the window. And uh, we, we we get a little bit more insight to the history of what happened to him, which is relatively brutal the way they told it. Because, like, obviously in comics, it's it's very generic. You know, they performed experiments on me and all this other stuff. But, like, you... You, you get a little bit more of the factor since, you know, ooh, I don't know. It was like the 1940s, 1950s and, you know, segregation, all this other bullshit that was happening back then that it wasn't just experiments. There was also 
they basically made him disappear, told his wife that he was dead. Like, there was a lot of harsh shit that I'm assuming the U.S. government, a.k.a. partially Hydra, did to did to him. And he even shows Sam some scar tissue, which I... I God damn it, twice. I was like, what? what is that scar tissue? Is it, is it a burn? Is it lashings? Like, what is it? The thing... Okay, so based on, like, the area and the story he's telling it... um. I feel like, and this is like it, as far as like the history of being a black person in America and the history of black people here, it is so much worse than just being punished for trying to save your your fellow people, like the, the other super soldiers mm-hmm. that were in this prisoner of war camp. I I don't want it to be, but part of me feels like it's a brand or something. Mm. Which, I mean, if you know the history of slavery and the history of enslaved people in the United States, that was something that happened very frequently. And so if if that is, in fact, what it is, um, it makes it 10 times, I mean, a million times worse. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just getting this entire story and knowing the history of the United States... I am sure this is just like scratching the surface of what was done to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it brings up, you know, this like double-sided story of like in history, the Tuskegee experiments and everything like that. that uh, was, and all this that other stuff. My that, head. Just, <laughs> that popped yeah, in my head when I was watching the, the, uh, the episode. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's horrible. Um, and it, it, yeah, it's, it's very much a social commentary. And once again, I'll go back and retract my statement a million times over from the first episode of not getting too political with the current. Yeah, nope. This whole thing dives real deep. I think um, it was. I so think yeah. it was during that part. Janelle, Janelle turned to me. And she said, "I was right." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "You were. Like you were. You they they went they went full hundred miles an hour right into the subject. And like I I thought they would shy away from it." They, more so Disney's involvement. Marvel's always been very like they touch on social commentary a lot. They always have over the years. And if you want to say differently then you haven't actually been reading the comics, you've been just looking at the it, pictures. It's just been going over your head. It's just real been going fast. Shoo. Yeah. I, I, I was very surprised at like how, I guess how involved it actually was. Like I said, more so, because like Disney usually they like to play it safe. They don't really go that hard into it. They'll you know put a little sprinkle of something somewhere, but this is like dealing with the issue head on. Uh which I have no problem with. I think it needs to be brought to light a lot harder than what it is. Uh yeah, because it's been going on constantly for far too long now. Yeah. And I'm going to go on on my side tangent and say if you have if you don't know what the Tuskegee experiments are, if you don't know about the massacre in Tulsa, uh, if you don't know about the history of black people in the United States, I highly encourage you to just start looking some of that stuff up uh, and get some knowledge on it so that you can further understand that experience. And we're never going to be able to fully understand it. Um, as a white woman in America, I'm never going to know, but I can try to at least learn a little bit about it. So do that. Look up that. Look up Henrietta Lacks. Yeah. Um, there you go. You know, get get some additional info on it. It, it really, I mean... It, going back to in context of this podcast, um, 
it really helps to shine a little bit more light on why Isaiah is so, I mean, beyond just physically having been beaten and tortured and everything else that he was put through. Um, it really brings a little bit more understanding of this discussion of being a black man getting handed the shield uh, that Bucky talks about a little bit later and not fully understanding the ramifications of asking someone to do that. So I encourage you, do it. Get a little smarter. Take a little time. Go for it. So to kind of back off the the aggression here, uh, he says when when they're given the, the serum back in the day that they said it was just tetanus, uh, just a tetanus shot. My brain instantly goes back into our current standpoint and go, man, oh, man. Here's hoping that that vaccine is the exact same thing when I go to get it because Tony said dose two, but it be that serum or I'm walking out. All right. Okay. I'm out of here. Don't cheap me out Pfizer. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so yeah, Sam, Sam goes and picks the scab again and unveils a bunch of very, very painful memories, which Isaiah really kind of, he, he stands his ground. He doesn't really have emotional responses. He, he's almost acting like a teacher giving, giving insight to Sam, uh, which essentially to round it out, uh, basically fuck that shield, fuck this government. If you're smart, you won't take up that mantle, which was like crazy. Like, holy crap. Um, so we get that Sam leaves, I guess not fulfilled. It doesn't seem like he's fulfilled uh, more angry than anything. I'm guessing because of how things played out in the past for Isaiah. Uh, but Sam ends up going back home, which this is what I was talking about at the beginning. Love it. Love it. Love it. When Marvel brings in the humanity of our, of our heroes and just shows us the what's, what's behind the action packed and basically their, their home life. This is what I've been waiting for since, uh, was it episode one when we get introduced to his sister? Yep. Uh, I was waiting for more of this and to kind of, you know, brush away and uncover the whole thing with like their family and the boat and all that other stuff. And like why Falcon was or why Sam was, you know, so dead set on keeping the boat. And it, you kind of get you kind of get the sense of like, you know, this is our history. I think he says it. This yeah, is our history. Our, 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 we have to preserve our history. Yeah. Right. And. It's like, okay, like this isn't a factor of like being guilty of something, you know, not being there because you were in the Air Force or anything like that. Like this is legitimately just, you know, this is our legacy. We need to keep it alive, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so craziest thing. And I still, I, I always find this hard to believe when it's done in stories, but they got the community to come together to help fix the boat. Right. This is the, here in Michigan. We don't do that. Like everybody just, everybody is for themselves. You never see the community come together of this nature. So I don't know uh, where exactly Sam is from. I can't remember where it is, but gosh, darn it. Isn't it. it that's not heartfelt. I don't know what else. I don't know. I might beg to defer with you on that one because Flint uh, when that whole thing was going on, the community came together in Flint and even outside of Flint within the state of Michigan and helped him out. Granted, but, I mean. But people were getting poisoned and dying during that. Like, this is just fixing the family's boat. I'm like, if people in Flint were like, if people in Flint were like, 
hey, I need to fix my boat, I'm pretty sure most of them would be like, the f- fuck you. Like, fix the boat then. I don't know what to tell you. Think of it like this. It's like um, they did it in, in like, you know, physical real life. Uh, we do it via GoFundMes for medical bills now. <laughs> that's the community getting together. Uh, I mean, I guess so, but that's not like the community. That's like just all kind-hearted people that like have the GoFundMe app on their phone and they're just like, hey, I'm going to go throw some some money at a GoFundMe real quick. Um, I'm just trying to make humanity be a little <laughs> bit better. Tony Vance says, no, nope, humanity's garbage. Hey. The community never comes out. No support anywhere. It's only fiction. You know, it's <laughs> it's just, it's it's very hard for me to believe that a, a all every person, well, okay, so he kind of, he says something about, you know, the community owning his mom and dad. Um. So I feel like he kind of strong-armed him. Like, hey, remember when mom and dad did this for you? I need an engine for my boat. (laughs) Yeah, he gets the book out where I'm sure his mom (laughs) and his dad kept detailed notes of everything they did for other people. Right. So he called up the people with the longest list and he said, do you remember when uh, when my parents did this? I'm going to need you to pay up on that debt now. All right. Get out here. Let's go. (laughs) Remember when my yaya came over and made you that uh, meal? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) But, yeah, so, you know, there's there's that whole aspect. And uh, I I think it was one of the guys that was actually uh, there in the dock in episode one. Ends up giving him what looked like a new engine or at least a new header or something. I I couldn't really tell what it was. Uh, But, gosh darn it. If it wasn't used to make probably the best intro for Bucky ever, how are we going to get it off the truck? And you just see Bucky go whoop, lift it up, put it down, which uh, he he ends up, he's there for making a delivery. He got his favor from Wakanda, which is something for Sam, which gosh darn it, it's it's the worst thing I ever, it's, it's like having a birthday present. That's oversized sitting on the table and you have to wait till after cake to open it. And it's, Sam is so reluctant on opening that freaking box and showing me what's in it. You know, Bucky went through the whole dang process to sign up for Uber Eats to bring him <laughs> some stuff and he's just going to leave it there. He's just going to so leave rude. it laying around. Um, <laughs> but... Bucky showing up kind of brings us into our uh, our fourth moment, which I, I'm calling teamwork exercise, uh, where Bucky decides he's going to stick around for the afternoon and help Sam fix up the boat, which uh, brings in a load of comedy, like <laughs> like the whole "Why didn't you use the metal arm?" Because uh, I'm, I'm I'm right-handed, <laughs> and, I was, and then. I laughed next, so hard at that stupid joke. So stupid. And then the next scene, we see him sanding, which you would use your dominant hand for, with the metal arm. <laughs> well, okay, Bucky, so he's... I see you thirst trapping Sam's sister. All right, I see you. <laughs> that was... <laughs> that was so good. Oh, man. Hi, I'm Bucky. <laughs> I was like, ooh. And then Sam's immediate just... Put, <laughs> All you had to do was look at him and go, he's 106. Yeah. Um, yep. So, but there was another part. He's, 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 I don't, I don't know. He's somewhere on the boat. He's doing something to something. 
he's sanding, but he's using his right hand again and he stops and he switches over to the metal, the, uh, the, uh, the machine, uh, arm. And I'm just like, Oh my God, this is just great. Then there's another, he's in the same spot and he's taking a, a, a paint tool and he's flipping it around and like acting like it's a knife. <laughs> switchblade and like back in this back alleys of the Bronx just <laughs> and I'm just like picturing these like old people in this community like just catching them like just acting like he's shaking somebody <laughs> like whoa what's this crazy white boy doing over here like he's, he's gonna kill all of us with his metal cybernetic arm oh Bucky um, but Ah, uh, dude, we could sit here all day, I think, and talk about all the comedic parts, like when Sam's trying to get that piece of piece of the boat up, and Bucky just walks over with the metal arm, just peels it up like it's a piece of cheese. That poor man <laughs> spent the entire montage working on prying that metal bit up, and Bucky walks oh. over after he's like almost done going around, just like, oh, done. There you go. Oh, man. And the end of the day comes... Bucky does that thing that, like, I don't know. I, I think everybody has that one friend that goes, well, let's uh, head out and go back to my house and where I'm alone, have a couple of drinks. You know, really guilt trips you into <laughs> letting you stick around. But he, Sam ends up extending an invitation to stay at his house, uh, which is the first time Bucky wakes up the next morning on the couch. And Sam's nephews are playing with the Captain America shield. And they're, you know, they're actually like playing as if one is Captain America and one is, a you know, whoever he's facing. And it's the first instance that like you see Bucky almost realize why Sam needs to hold the shield. Um, so what is it? I think what well, Bucky wakes up and isn't that when they start or he walks out and sees Sam training or something? Yeah. So that part leads us into the training montage. Uh, yeah. With Sam and Bucky tossing around the old Tossin Frisbee again. Let's <laughs> say they're just tossing around the Frisbee in the yard. Going back and forth, having one of their deep discussions that they somehow always find themselves in. Um, These two are the best of friends. And I know, they hate, dude. They hate it. I didn't I just know. want them to accept it. They they need to just accept it and just you know decide that you know hey we're our, this friendship works and we're good for each other. So let's just make it official. Put the ring on it. Exactly. Just you know, they're having this back and forth, and this is where Sam kind of comes up with uh, telling Bucky, hey you haven't been making amends at all. Like you've been avenging who the winter soldier uh, has hurt and put in power and all this other stuff. Like if you want, if you want to get out of this hole, that's why he says that if you don't want to, if you want to get out of this hole that you're in, put in the work. And I'm like, yeah, all right. I can, I can back that and go to those people that you actually hurt and make amends with them. Like basically be their person, their, their reason for closure. And I, of course, I, th I don't know. I don't think I'm gonna learn this. I thought of one person, one person that, that we have met that he went out 
to the bar and had lunch with. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Mr. I was like, Takanawa. I don't remember his name now. Yes. But that poor little sweet man. His wingman. And I'm scared. I, I'm I'm hoping they just do uh, a braze over of Bucky confessing and this man breaking down or doing whatever it is. Like, I, I don't know if I can take that sweet old man, like, just losing it and then, like, cussing out Bucky or something. No, it'd be, it'd be too much for me. But uh, Sam kind of gives him the, the what for on that whole aspect. Like, hey, you know, I know you want to better yourself. And he also brings up the factor that oh, what he says something that was like, I was like, yeah, I feel that too. Um, you need to stop looking to others to tell you who you are. Yeah. And I was like, that's exactly it. Like Sam or not Sam, uh, Bucky looked to Steve when he, you know, came back. He, you know, he, he looked to other people and all this other stuff. Like he's never once just like found himself. Like he needs to find out who he, who Bucky Barnes is now. Enter freaking Sam's Rocky montage of him training, which I am thoroughly upset that not once in any type of way did he say on your left. I know. I thought like, for sh- I was hoping that he was going to like bounce the shield off a tree as Bucky was walking away and like throw it and be like, up oh, on your left and then bounce it off a tree. <laughs> and that was going to be the, but it didn't come. It didn't happen. There's a part where he rounds the house and his nephews are outside. And I thought for sure he was going to say it when he came into frame on that, but he didn't say it there either. I was just like, ah, oh, God no. damn it. So many missed opportunities. Um, this is the instance though. Uh, there at the very end of the montage, Sam's holding the shield and I think his youngest nephew is kind of like tracing the star with his, his fingers. And then they go back to Sam, uh, and you can see it on Sam's face. Like, okay, I get it now. And it's for me, it felt like Sam at that moment realized, okay, I do need to hold this shield and this is why I need to hold this shield. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like what Carly said where, you know, Captain America needs to look like the, the people of the world, not blue hair, blonde hair or blonde hair, blue eyes. Yeah. Not white supremacy poster boy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Um, so that, that was a, that was a pretty, that was a, uh, starred moment for me in this episode too, is to see Sam's nephews kind of like have such an embrace for the shield while Sam is training. Uh, we, we get a little snippet of Sharon who apparently is on the phone with Batrot the leaper, which tell me how that makes any sense. If she's still a good guy making some sort of deal with him. I don't really know what the heck's happening at this point uh, and says that uh, I'll pay you double this time, which means she hired him the last time. Now she has a history in the comics of not being such a good girl. Uh, So I would not be surprised if she's doing some crooked ass shit because she feels shunned for not being pardoned. Maybe she actually wasn't pardoned. Who knows at this point? But it ends up she is passing on the word 
to Batrot to go meet in New York with our Flag Smasher friends. Uh, so the Flag Smashers are now working side by side with Batrot the Leaper. Uh, Leaper has a score, a score to settle with the Falcon for uh, throwing a wrench in his plans on the first episode. So he's looking to kill Sam. I'm assuming. I would I would say that's a safe assumption that he's looking to kill Sam. Um, so we get kind of a a little snippet of that, and then we we see Carly go into the Flag Smashers app and press a button, send out a mass text message to a bunch of people in Central Park, uh, and they all get up like mindless zombies. And start like walking in her general direction, and they they Pokemon say something. Go <laughs> for yeah. the radicalized. Oh, I heard a Dragonite's <laughs> over here. Um, so that we find out that the whole plan is to stop some sort of internal vote of the Senate powers that be to, uh, I guess move refugees into another area. Like I, I'm guessing, probably some type of camps uh, for the people that have been displaced from the blip. Which, obviously, I don't need to explain why you know camps for certain people might look like a bad thing. I don't really know what the hell's going on exactly with their whole plan. So we get that. That's the plan to have a bunch of normal citizens overthrow. Uh, Senate powers that are in some weird room that they're. I know it sounds familiar, don't it? Hmm. <laughs> it's a bunch of bunch of blue collar hmm. idiots just going to <laughs> overrun a government building. Get your um, zip ties. Let's go. <laughs> and it's it's okay. So we get a look at this government building and the government officials, and they're they're talking over this whole discussion. There's people that obviously they're against it. There's people that are for it. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, And then there's something that happens that legitimately just, for me, screamed Hydra. Is one of the guys walks in, scans his badge, walks up to another dude and says, "Um, one world, one people. And I was like, oh, Jesus. Like, this is is freaking Hydra. This is Hydra all over again. You even got the, the red. And there's a greeting, a standardized greeting that you used. You've infiltrated an established government. This is Hydra. It's, yeah, this it's is Hydra, Hydra. All, all over it's, the place. It's, it's Hydra. Um, and we we see these common folk basically take this Senate building and take these, I'm guessing, senators. Um, and we're left with pretty much that was it. Like We just see them come in, take take these people we don't know what's happening yet bunch of cliffhanging moments in the last five minutes um and uh so we shoot back to sam and in um, what i'm assuming is either i think i'm pretty sure it's his his sister's house he's staying at sam sam's getting word on new york he goes over to that box that sweet looking box that bucky has brought from wakanda and he opens it and of course they don't show us. They don't even give us a little little tidbit. But you do see um almost a wave of, of anxiety that washes over Sam because he kind of takes this like big breath, like 
this isn't just a new suit. Like this, this is something that means something. And like, obviously the first thing that went to my mind is the Falcon Captain America, uh, paint job that they did a few years ago in the comics, uh, which MCU style, pretty sure that's going to look really, really cool. Uh, because the comic version was pretty cool. I enjoyed it uh, a little bit too much blue. So I hope they X nay so much blue and kind of put a little bit more gray in there. I, I would like to see gray along with the red, white, and blue uh, scheme wise. Um, but yeah, we, we see that and we bam black and freaking credits. And once again, this week, I'm just like, ah, <laughs> that's just stupid. Just give me a little bit more. Did you, wait, did you miss a little? We got a tiny bit more this week. We got a little bit more. I mean, this, not on this, Sam. Not on Sam. Not on Sam. But we did. Although, we we got our first mid-roll credits scene yeah. of the series, which is obvious that the number five moment, um, uh, which we see Walker doing a little cosplay DIY action, making himself what looks to be a replica um, Captain America shield. And let me tell you, I can't weld worth a damn. I don't, I don't know the first thing about welding, but I've seen people who can weld and weld good. And that man cannot weld it. <laughs> like Mm-mm. there was just big it's, old right. blobs. <laughs> he's already, he's off brand cap, great <laughs> value cap, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> you know the shield is pieced out of scrap metal. You need like oh, a yeah. solid piece, and you would. I. It's just gonna be terrible. Steel. He's gonna throw it. It's gonna hit a tree and disintegrate. He's not going but, anywhere. I refuse to let this man win. Okay. <laughs> this is this is obviously this is a big moment because uh, for those that may not know, John Walker becomes something else other than Captain America. He goes by another name, which we are calling. You know, I'm gonna I'm throwing it out there this week. We're we're calling this moment uh US agent is born. And US agent is basically like the way I always describe him is like uh if the Punisher were to put on a Captain America suit. That's basically exactly what John Walker is. Like he's not afraid to do the absolute of what needs to be done. Kill people. He's not afraid to kill people. It's That's exactly true. what Frank Castle's not afraid to do. He uh just you know, he's not afraid to get a little bit of a blood on the shield. It's fine. Yeah. It's just he's, how he's, he is. He's freaking crazy. I'll just, I'll, we'll leave it at that. He's he's a nutball and some serious crap is probably going to come our way. He needs, he needs to go see that therapist because I don't know anybody who can go from having a full-on mental breakdown, kneeling in the middle of a warehouse, to just whispering to yourself, time to go to work. Time to and go then, to work. Try to kill somebody again. This man needs therapy. Twice. He tried to bring that Twice. shield down on both Sam and Bucky. Oh, the dude's lost his freaking mind. And it's it makes for good writing. Um, but that is it. That is the end of the episode, the end of our recap. Uh, crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. One more episode. And, of course, it's going to be, you got to be moving. Like, right at the season finale, you have to be moving. I I said I said okay you know what I want to do all the big things at one time <laughs> so that's what we're getting you know you know uh, like the Hulk smash we promise the things that we say we're gonna do it it's gonna happen it's gonna happen so yeah I will 
I will be there uh, next week to help her move. So we will uh, we're gonna figure out a way to cover this and hopefully get it out by Monday, which that's gonna be the hard part. That you're not sleeping on Sunday. Oh no, I gotta sleep. I can't do that anymore. I'm too old. Monster for that crap. energy drinks on me. Sorry. <laughs> just dousing them. <laughs> Is my heart supposed to be going this fast? Um, but yeah, of course. Make sure you are following us on social media. Subscribe on YouTube and Facebook and uh, all the podcaster apps. If you're not subscribed yet, I don't know what you're doing. Hit that download button, man. It helps us out and makes us look good. Make sure you follow. Subscribe. Download everything. And, of course, you can head over to um, Nerd Rage Engage Teespring. Get your Bucky and Team Bucky and Team Sam shirts while supplies last. Going going fast and the series is almost up it might disappear you don't know uh and then if you want to help us out a little bit you can head over to our patreon patreon.com slash kapowcast and become one of the monthly backers over there i think that's i think that's everything don't don't forget you're oh, you almost forgot though what the mvp of the week oh my god yes the Again. mvp of the week mvp of the week I don't know if you picked it up or not when we were talking about it, but MVP of the week is Sam's nephews because they they showed our heroes what truly needs to be seen. And Sam needs to take that shield. That's right. And they embodied that that very message. And I have, of course, my follow-up MVP with an additional follow-up this week. (laughs) So my number one MVP is that... Bucky Barnes thirst trap montage when he's working on the boat. Get your girl, Buck. Get her. Uh, and number two is Torres again for my favorite line of the entire episode. Glad to see you found your sleeve. <laughs> Good my job. Fave. Good job. So, yeah, there you go. There's all three of your MVPs this week making more editing work for me on this end. Um, but, yeah. So join us next week when we go over the series finale of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's going to be a big one. I'm a, I'm a, I'm expecting a 2-hour episode jam-packed to kind of wrap everything up. Holy crap, it's going to be wild. It's, I'm not ready. It's Super Bowl? Fuck a Super Bowl. No, not here. Nope. Nope. This is going to be bigger than anything. And I am I am ready. My body is ready. Let's 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 get next Friday here now. And go. until next week, I've been Tony. That's Christy. And I'll see you guys later. Uh, bye bye.